1: It's time for my annual trip to the gym. You only go once a year? Yep. Arrive. I have no clue what to do. Try some random exercises. Leave. That's it. You should try FitBod. It's an app that builds a workout routine just for you, based on your goals, fitness level, and equipment. And a whole year of FitBod costs less than one session with a trainer. Wow. This has already been my most productive gym trip yet. Download FitBod today and get a 14-day free trial, plus 25% off your subscription when you go to fitbod.me getfit.
2: Welcome to the Fantrax Prospect Toolshed. If you love prospects, you came to the right place, as that's what this show is all about covering all levels of the miners to help give you an advantage in your dynasty leagues. Now, here are your hosts, Eric Cross and Chris Clegg.
3: Alright, prospect fanatics around the world, welcome to The Tool Shed. This is episode 18 of the Fantrax Prospect Tool Shed with Clegg and Cross, powered by Fantrax and FantraxHQ.com. I'm your host, Eric Cross, and we have another great episode in store for you today. And joining me, as always, for this next episode of The Tool Shed is my bowtie
1: tie and co-host from Fantrax HQ, Mr. Chris Clay. Chris, what's up, bud? Hey, Eric. I mean, I'm doing good. It's finally a sunny day. We've had about seven straight days of rain so it's good to see some sun down here in south carolina but man excited to talk some prospects today and we have a great guest joining us that we're that I'm very much looking forward to having on the show today yes
3: we do But before we bring him on what is the sun thing that you're talking about like i haven't
1: what's this is that like some mythical thing you're talking about what is the what's yeah. the sun yeah in this in this time of year it definitely is only comes out at certain times But hey, at least there's I'm not covered in snow like you guys, so I'm I'm happy about that. (laughs) Yes, plenty of
3: snow here and where our guest is from. He is one of the most well-respected and knowledgeable prospect minds in the business. He's the lead prospect analyst and assistant baseball editor at RotoWire. You can also find him on Farm Fridays on SiriusXM. Mister James Anderson joins us. James, thanks for coming on, buddy. How are you?
2: I'm doing great, guys. Uh, Obviously, a big fan of both of your works and uh really fun to be doing this in podcast form for for the first time
3: absolutely thank you right right back at you you know you're one of the first people i really interacted with when i got on twitter years ago and we've done you know multiple mock drafts and stuff together so yeah it's fun to finally be on a, on a pod together this should be a lot of fun uh we we'll to be talking some obviously some prospects on this show uh some pitching prospects to target or not target in 2021 but before we get into the show the usual housekeeping you can find all of us on Twitter. James is at real J.R. Anderson. Chris is at Roto Clegg. I am at Aircross04, and our show is at Fantrax Toolshed. Please subscribe to our podcast and leave us a five-star review on iTunes or on your preferred podcasting platform. Those ratings and reviews mean a lot. And go over and check out the draft kit on FantraxHQ.com. Got plenty of stuff pumping out there every day. And make sure you check out the other great podcasts we have on the network, including 5 Tool. SB streamer, triple play, on campus, kickarounds, fantasy hockey life, and IDP. But let's get right into it here. We did some hitting prospects to Target last week. Now we're moving on to the pitching side of things. And all the ADP you'll be hearing today I pulled up is since January 1st. So I kind of got rid of those early drafts. And it's one of the focus on the ones over the last month, month and a half or so. And there are a total of 15 names that were being drafted. Inside the top 500, or ish, I, I cheated on one it was just outside the top 500. But 15 names here, I'll read these off first and we'll get in, into some player discussion here. First is Ian Anderson at 100.2, Sixto Sanchez 138, Kristen McKenzie 195, Nate Pearson 262, Dane Dunning 289, Michael Kopek 293, Tariq Scooball 317, Davey Garcia 336, Mackenzie Gore 339. Adbert Alzale 368. Tanner Houck at 403. Spencer Howard at 406. Casey Mize at 407. AJ Puck, 413. And then the one I cheated on, Luis Patino at 507. Thought that was close enough. Let's start with those two big ones at the top with Ian Anderson and Sixo Sanchez, the two you know top pitching prospects that debuted last year and really excelled while most others struggled. Now, looking at 2021 only, James, you know, at, at their respective ADPs here, which one, or maybe you like both of these ADPs, but which one would you rather have with their ADP?
2: Definitely Sixto. Uh, I would take Sixto over Anderson straight up just for 2021. So the fact that he's going, like, over two rounds later on average is pretty nice. Uh, I think that's kind of, like, fair for six Sixto. Like, I, I don't think he's a steal there, but I think that's that's very fair value. I just think Ian Anderson's being overdrafted a little bit. Uh, You know, if you want to kind of break down their arsenals, Sixto's got at least three-plus pitches. Ian Anderson's got one, uh, maybe two, if you want to say the fastball's plus. I I don't know if it's quite there for me. Uh, Sixto's also got a better track record of command in the minors than Anderson. Uh, Just, I mean, I I think it's higher floor, higher ceiling. Uh, Kind of everything points to Sixto for me.
3: Yeah, I, I would agree with that, and I think the knock people have with Sixto is like, oh, he hasn't missed a ton of bats, which is true. That's very valid. He's never had that the high strikeout rate throughout the minors or e- even in the majors with Miami. But I keep thinking that with his – like you mentioned, he's got the three-plus back. He's got the fastball, the uh, slider, and the changeup. I think with that mix, I think it's only a matter of time before that strikeout rate ticks up. And maybe he's not going to be like a, a super elite strikeout guy that's going to, you know, be posting like 35% K rates or anything like that. But definitely, I think there's more room for that strikeout rate to grow. So I agree. Um, I do like Anderson a lot this year too. I, I like the gains he made with his command last year. That was one thing I kind of was holding him back from me, especially um, when we were ranking him as, as a prospect um, before he, he debuted. But I definitely like Sixto more. Uh, his ADP as well. Chris, what do you think?
1: Yeah, and it's kind of surprising because let's see where Sixto's going right now, because like early draft season, Sixto was going around pick eighty and he's fallen significantly. and Anderson hasn't fallen. And that kind of the question of of why. And I guess people were kind of buying into the the myth that and I say myth, but that he's not going to strike out enough people to be to be worth that draft slot. But I don't I don't quite see why Anderson hasn't fallen if Sixto's fallen like that as well. And, you know, now it comes down to me for, like, a value standpoint or at least perceived value. And I think you can just get a much better return on 6 going near pick 140 than you can Ian Anderson 100. I'm not denying that Anderson can't provide good value. I think that changeup could be a double-plus pitch from what I saw last year. Like it was very, very good pitch. The biggest concern still is, is his command and control. And even last year it was improved, but he still walked 10% of the batters he faced, which – you know, you can, that's a dangerous zone. You can get away with it in that area, but you don't want to see it any higher than that. I'd obviously like to see that drop down a little bit, but you know, it wouldn't surprise me if he jumped to 12% either, which would get him in kind of dangerous range there. And meanwhile, you know, Sixto has extremely good command in my opinion, you know, his walk rates are, have always been much lower. And even 7% we saw last year was one of the higher marks he's posted in his professional career. And it's you know still nowhere near what we saw with Anderson. And so I think, just some of the parts with Sixto gives him a little bit of an advantage. His arsenal is is very well-rounded. He throws you know, four pitches, almost an even amount. And, yeah, changeup is absolutely deadly. It's could be equally as good as Anderson's. And then you know, he's got, I think his fastball is a little better as well. And so you mix that in with good command. And I do think the swing and miss stuff comes I don't think you mentioned never going to be 35% guy, but no reason he couldn't get in the 25, 28% range with time. And we, we still got to remember that both these guys are still just 22 years old, you know, very young. And so to see what they did last year was impressive and you hope they build on it and continue on that success.
3: Yeah, for sure. So I think we're on agreement that we like six at the, the ADP more you know, and James, mentioned he thinks Anderson's being overdrafted. Would you agree with that? Chris, do you think Anderson at, or was it around
1: pick 100 is, is a little too high overall? Yeah, I think a lot of pitchers are being overdrafted, honestly. I yeah, that, just, that kind of fits the mold. And so when you look at the – I've got several shares of Anderson, so I, I don't want to sit here and say that he's overdrafted because i picked him around there a couple of times. But where, where they're going, I'd rather have 6 to. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, moving
3: on here to the next guy in ADP because it's kind of like – he's kind of all alone, nobody near him for rookie pitchers ADP. That's Tristan McKenzie. Who was kind of a, a surprise call-up last year? As he he missed all of 2019 with the back issue. But he came up, pitched very well. But you know, there's a little bit of a velocity dip over you know start to start. Uh, as he as he I think he had like, what six or seven starts, and the it to get the average fastball velocity dip every start. So I'm I'm worrisome with McKenzie. I like him overall. He's one of those you know above average command and control guys with a good arsenal. But this that skinny frame and the back issues i'm I'm kind of out on him this year at his you know one ninety five adp james. are you are you targeting him or is he one you're kind of fading right now?
2: yeah, i'm I'm really fading him hard uh, for all the reasons you mentioned. Um, i mean, he's he's thrown thirty five innings, including the postseason over the past two seasons. And to me, i'm there are areas of the draft where I'm kind of trying to hit a home run on, on the pitching side and and get a guy that could really take a big leap forward. But I don't really see that as being something you should be thinking about with McKenzie. Like that first start was amazing. Right. And I think that that is kind of lingering in people's minds a little too much. Uh, I just don't think you can count on the quantity of innings. Like, I mean, I, I don't even know if I'd project him for more than like 100 innings this year, to be honest. I mean, it's just you you factor in the frame. You talked about how his velocity declined uh, with pretty much every appearance last year. All the time he's missed with injuries. I'm just I'm really worried about the volume you're going to get from him there. And I'd, I'd rather just take some some boring, you know, number three, number four starter kind of in that range where I, I can really count on him. And I just don't think that's McKenzie.
3: Yeah, I totally agree. But long-term, are you a McKenzie guy long-term? Is he someone you'd be investing in the Dynasty Leagues?
2: Uh, you know, I mean, I, I think he's he's definitely a top 100 prospect for me. Um, I've got him at 58 on my mm-hmm. top 400. So uh, he's fine. He usually, I mean, if, if we were doing like a startup draft, I wouldn't expect to get him with that ranking. Uh, but I, I think he's more you know a a diverse pitch mix a good strike thrower like you said but if his velocity is kind of more what we saw in his ensuing appearances rather than that first appearance i mean you could make a case he doesn't have a single plus pitch so um i mean i think he's fine but i'm probably lower on him than some
1: yeah i'm right there with you chris what are your what are your thoughts on mckenzie for this year yeah, he's he's definitely in a void for me as well. He's had some some back issues in the past. You mentioned the frame concerns, like how much durability is there with McKenzie? And I don't think we're totally sure. He's very fastball heavy, and I don't think the fastball is enough to to make him a successful pitcher. You know, like you mentioned, James, there's not a true plus pitch in the arsenal, in my opinion. the The command's good. I mean, we we've seen that the command and control are very solid, but I just don't think it's enough. And it's a virtually impossible to project like how many innings he'll throw. Will he hold up? What's he actually going to provide this year? And so he's, he's an avoid for me at the price. He's another one that's, that's dropped significantly. He was like in the one sixty range early before, like in the November time. And now he's fallen, I think for, for good reason, but even around pick 200, you know, I'm not really buying in and I'm not going out of my way in dynasty either to get him because I think the price is a little high, to to take to, to draft him in a startup or even to trade for him. And so kind of just leaving him as is and kind of avoiding him, in, in most leagues.
3: Yeah. Back injuries, I think worry me more than arm injuries. And that might sound weird to say, but it's just so much, you know, the back is so important and I know people don't really think about the back too often, but especially with hitters and pitchers, you know, the torque that goes into the back, it's, you know, for someone that young to already have back issues, maybe it never affects them again. Who knows? But, you know, and his frame too. I just, he makes Chris Sale look like Bartolo Colon or something like <laughs> that. He's just so slight. I think he's like, what, 6'5, 160? That might be generous too. Um, and most of that weight is probably from his height. <laughs> so I don't know. I just don't like the frame. I think he's a solid arm long term. I think we're all in agreement there, but I think he's definitely being overvalued now uh, for 2021, especially. But going from one McKenzie to the other, McKenzie Gore obviously is the big name everyone wants to know about this year. And there's a lot of question about when he might debut. It's obviously San Diego went out and got all the big-name pitchers this year. And some people are like wondering, well, does that mean you know negative things for Mackenzie Gore? I don't think so. I think that's more of a they're worried about Denison Lamette type of thing. And just to they could go out and get these arms for a very reasonable cost, which I don't blame A.G. Prowler at all for doing that. But, James, for 2021, when do you think we see Gore? And what are your expectations for him this year?
2: I mean, I... <laughs> I honestly don't know. I I think it's just, I don't know how healthy he is. I don't know. Like there were reports that the stuff um, velocity wise wasn't quite there at the alt site. Uh, Like it's one of those things where his first or second, like spring training appearance, like you could see his ADP shoot up like 80 spots or something. Right. Like if he just is out there shoving in the cactus league, and just looking like, you know, classic Mackenzie Gore, then all of a sudden people are going to be like, well, is he going to break in the rotation? You know, like that, that people will start talking about that. Um, I I just don't know where he's at right now um, physically and, and just where his stuff is at. I think they want, like as soon as they think he's ready to get guys out in the big league rotation, I think he'll be up. Like, I don't, I don't think they're going to mess around and have him, languish for weeks at triple a when he when they think he's ready i think he, i think they'll find a spot for him um i, I mean I, I don't trust dinelson lamette at all from a health standpoint and those other guys in that rotation have plenty of injury risk as well so yeah. i think there will be a spot for him i'm not worried about him being blocked or anything i just don't really know where he is uh right now so i'm kind of taking a wait and see which which might mean i miss out uh, but he's he's one to definitely keep an eye on early in spring training
3: Oh, for sure, yeah, and I'm, I'm not going to get many shares of Gore either, and I don't really go out of my way to overdraft rookie pitchers in general. Maybe, you know, like an Anderson or a 6 I could see, because, you know, they've already shown that they can, you know, contribute and do it well, but we don't know with Gore. I mean, he could struggle. Like, remember Clayton Kershaw didn't, didn't dazzle in his, you know, debut. I think he had, like, a mid-4 ERA, so a lot of these arms don't succeed right off the bat, so, yeah, I'm definitely, you know, maybe in a, you know, 50, run those deeper 50-round draft and hold type of leagues, Yeah, if I can get him late, sure, the upside's worth it. But, yeah, 2021, he is risky. But I do agree that when he's ready, he'll be up. But it's kind of hard to say when he's going to be
1: ready. Chris, what are your your thoughts? Yeah, and that's the biggest question of of when. And that's the thing we don't know. I mean, we thought we'd see him last year, and we we didn't. There was many times where they could have brought him up where they needed a starter, and they just didn't bring him up for reasons that we don't really know, whether it was – injuries, COVID, or velocity struggles? Like, was, was he struggling at the alt site? We don't know all these things. The talent's there. I mean, he, he's obviously one of the best pitching prospects in baseball. He's still my number one pitching prospect. His his four-pitch mix is absolutely incredible. The command is is excellent. He gets great deception on his pitches. But where does he fit? I mean, he doesn't fit the rotation right now. There There's five guys that they're pretty locked in. Now there's a good chance one of them goes down. Multiple of them might go down. He may get his chance, but he could struggle. I mean, we we get so spoiled with the Acunas and the Tatises and the Sotos that come up and just are world beaters from the minute they debut. And we forget the majority of prospects struggle when they get called up. And just look at all the pitching prospects last year. We're going to hit on some of these names when we go further down, like the Nate Pearsons and the – the Spencer Howard's, Casey Mize, all these guys didn't come up and set the world on fire, so Gore could be the same case where he, if he does come up, there could be some growing pains. But you know what? Long term, like I'm not worried. But for 2021, I'm not really looking to have him on many teams at all.
3: Yeah, I'm. I think we're all in agreement there. But real quick before we move on here, you know, I've seen your rankings, James, so I know the answer to this. But for those that haven't seen your rankings over on Road to Water, which everyone should go check out, by the way. Who do you have higher long-term? Who are you more excited about long-term, Sixto or Gore? Because that's kind of like the question now is like, who is the top pitching prospect in baseball? Who do you have number one pitching prospect long-term?
2: Sixto. I I just, I really value the immediacy of his impact. And like, I just think we, we know kind of more about what we're getting with Sixto in terms of like last time we saw him, he was healthy and his stuff was awesome. And I just, we don't have that same sort of uh, reliable recent performance to, to kind of go off of with Gore. And I, I mean, I think like you, you can't really ever be too low on a pitching prospect, in my opinion, like they, just the track record of even the best guys like health, health always comes into play. It seems at some point and, um, you know, that you're going to have your heart broken a lot if you're expecting uh, pitching prospects to, to max out with any sort of regularity. So to me, just the fact that we know Sixto is really good and in the majors right now, that gives him the, the leg up for me.
3: Yeah, I can see that. I think we've all had our our heart broken by a pitching prospect or multiple over the over the years. For me, the most recent one, well, I'm still holding out hope for Alex Reyes. Like that was my dude, and I still love this stuff. But maybe he's a bullpen arm now. Probably is. But yeah, I think we've all had that one arm or multiple that have gotten us and broken our hearts here. Um, we're moving on here to a couple of White Sox arms that are very intriguing. 2021 or just in general Michael Kopech and Garrett Crochet looks like Kopech is going to get a chance to get that number five spot in the rotation Crochet we're not so sure let's start with, with Kopech here is there any intrigue for you James with Kopech
2: this year I haven't selected him in any drafts yet I you know I'm not opposed to it I, I mean I think his, it's, it's kind of a boomer or bust play uh, I I'd, I'd like to see some spring action uh, to really kind of feel good about it. Uh, it's a, it's the team context is excellent. Uh, throwing into Yasmani Grandal, I think is, mm-hmm. is big for him. Um, you know, getting that run support, getting to face the tigers and the Royals. I mean, it, it's, it's a nice setup. And, you know, the one thing about Gore that I think is it could be frustrating is he's the type of guy where he could just, he could shut down like one of the best lineups in baseball over six innings and then get chased in like the third inning by some crappy lineup. Like it's just, it's going to be all about his command Mm. because the stuff is there. So I I think it could be frustrating in that sense where you might try to play the matchups and and leave some good starts on the bench and and have some bad starts in your lineup. Uh, But I'm not hard out on him. I just, I haven't really pulled the trigger at cost just yet, but I, it's possible I might come around if he looks really good this spring.
3: Yeah. I think he's one that could see his ADP really shoot up because like 293 right now since January 1st on NFBC. But yeah, I think once we get further in the spring training here and he looks really good, like has a couple really impressive starts in spring training that, that could I can see that bumping up a good 50 spots here. And he was one when when we traded him in that Chris Sale deal, which I would have made that deal 100 times out of 100 and helped us win the 2018 World Series. But I was almost more upset about trading Kopech than I was Johan Moncada, because I was like, oh, that could be a top-of-the-rotation arm. He has that upside, like you mentioned, James. But yeah, there's a lot of risk there with that command and control, and he's had some injuries of his own here. Uh, Chris, what, what are your thoughts on Kopech this year for 2021?
1: Yeah. And I'm a little worried because they've mentioned about him being used out of the bullpen. I I think he'll get a chance to compete for that spot. I mean, right now they've got Carlos Rodon penciled in, in the fifth spot. (laughs) It shouldn't be hard for Kopech to beat him out if if he's pitching well, in my opinion. So it's definitely a potential for him to lock that up. But I think like James said, the the command control is a big concern here. There's some things outside of baseball that he was dealing with last year. And the reason that he opted out of the season, like, beyond the COVID concerns. And so I I wonder about his mental like composure on the mound. I think that that's something that we don't talk about enough. And the fact that we're we're humans, like these guys are humans as well and they deal with things. So if he's, if he's good mentally, like then I think that, you know, the talent's there, but if he's struggling with mental health, then that's going to, I think reflect on his game. And obviously that stuff really matters, but it could bleed over into his pitching as well. Right now, I'm kind of out. Like, I want to see how he looks in the spring. Like when we see some good starts, but at that point, I think the price will probably soar. So right now I've been kind of avoiding them at the cost, but we'll see that could, that could definitely change over the next several weeks. We see him pitching.
3: Yeah. And I think it will be about like team context too. When you get to that point in your graphic, like what your team looks like, because Regardless, I think the, the strikeouts are going to be pretty elite because he's shown, you know, the the fastball and the breaking pitches he has are very good. So I think he's going to be a, one of the top strikeout guys on a per inning basis. But what are the ratios going to look like? The probably get a little bit of higher ERA, a little bit higher WHIP. So in that aspect, I mean, maybe if you have a lot of you know good ratio stabilizers in your rotation already, I could see taking a, a shot on a guy like Kopech, get that get those strikeouts. But yeah, definitely a lot of risk there in 2021. And same with his teammate, too. You know, Chris, I'll go to you first on this one. With Garrett Crochet, obviously he came up and it was just pumping triple digit heat last year out of the bullpen. Do you see any type of league where Gro- crochet has value
1: this year? Potentially. I mean, if he's in the bullpen, but I like he's not going to get saves. I mean, they've got Liam Hendricks, obviously. He's not going to close over him. Uh, he he added 15 pounds of muscle during the offseason, which is interesting. Came into camp even more jacked. Like, is he going to throw like 104 now? I don't, don't know. <laughs> but anyway, would he be the first ever player to never pitch a game in the minors if they just kept him up in the majors? Like, that, um, I, that's interesting. Wait a minute. Um, Cincinnati, uh, Mike Leake, I think, did he bypass the minors? Don't know. But I was thinking about that. Like, I, I could imagine him going down. Obviously, he has minimal professional experience. And over a full season, like, I could see them, especially if they want to use him as a starter long term, like, they're going to have to send him down and get stretched out, which is my concern for 2021 is that that's what, if that's the direction they want to go, then he's definitely going to be in the minors pitching, getting his arms stretched out to, to be a starter. And so that means there's no value to be had for, for redraft leagues, in my opinion. Right. Okay, I looked at Mike League Did bypass the minors, but he did get two
3: rehab appearances after Close two years after two years in the majors. But that was it; those are his only minor league yeah. appearances. But uh, James, it. James, are you, are you targeting Crochet? Do you think he has any value this year, even in like a, a saves plus hold leagues or anything like that?
2: I could see scooping him off waivers if he's just healthy and and in that bullpen. I mean, I mean, he could be like. You know, maybe the most fa- valuable fantasy reliever who's not getting saves, if he's at full health and if he stays healthy, like I, I just, I'm, I'm not, cons- I'm, I'm not sure that we're out of the woods yet in terms of the the flexor strain. I know that, mm. um, they're, you know, they're saying it's kind of behind him, but I mean, if you you're throwing like one hundred two, one hundred three, and you have a recent arm injury, like I'm just kind of assuming that at some point he's going to need some sort of surgery there. And so I, I'm not going to draft him at all. But if he's just, you know, shows up and, and he's looking dominant early in the season, like 15 team leagues, deeper leagues than that, I think that you can get value from a guy that's striking out two guys every time he, he takes the mound um, out of the bullpen. He probably could vulture some wins. Uh, but that's that's not a player I think you draft. I think that's a player that you, you pick up in season if, if he's really shoving.
3: Yep. I I definitely agree with that. And long-term James, do you, do you see him as more of a starter? I know, I know the White Sox are going to try him as a starter. You know, they don't, you don't draft a guy almost top 10 to, to be a reliever, but do you think, you know, let's say five years down the road, is crochet a starter or is he a reliever in your mind?
2: I think he's a reliever. And I think part of it is he's already shown that he can dominate in that role. And this is a team that's trying to win right now. And part of it is I, again, I, odds are he's probably going to get hurt fairly soon and you know when he when he's rehabbing and all that stuff are they going to want to take like the amount of time it would take for him to rehab an injury and develop as a starter in the minors i just i just don't really see it so i i just think that i'm not ruling it out but i would bet a decent amount of money that five years from now if he's pitching it's in the bullpen
3: yeah i think i'm the same there i'd probably say it's 70 30s or reliever for Maine. even in college at, at tennessee he only made 13 starts in college you know six and 18 six and 19 and then the one in 2020 before the season got shut down so not a lot of you know experience there in the rotation but still very intriguing chris are, are you leaning the reliever route as well for crochet yeah, I
1: think that's where he fits best. I think he could be the most valuable there. His his stuff really plays up well in the bullpen, in my opinion. He could, and he could be one of the best relievers in baseball. James said, and so I think that's where his value is. And you hate that when you draft a guy as high <laughs> as they did, but right. You know, I mean, if he's if he's that valuable for them and helps them win in that way, then then they're going to keep him there. So yeah, I lean that way as well.
3: Yeah, and, and he could still have value, like we said, he could still have a good amount of value as a reliever long term, or he could be. Like James said, one of the better relievers in the game. He's at the fastball, the slider. He could be an elite weapon, whether he's closing or are of an eighth inning guy, we'll see. But obviously, he won't be closing this year with Liam Hendricks in tow. But you know, maybe a few years in the road, he could be a closer with that stuff. So definitely some value there. But I think we're all in agreement that more so reliever long term than a starter. And moving on over down to Tampa Bay here, they have a t- trio of intriguing arms that are all going to, I think they're all going to pitch this year. But Are they going to have fantasy value is the big question. Kind of lean toward Luis Patino, Brendan McKay, and Shane McClanahan. James, any of those three you're looking at this year, or are you kind of avoiding all of them?
2: I'd be be open to Patino in like a draft and hold. Uh, Actually, I think I already took him in a draft and hold. Um, I'm pretty hard out on McKay, not only for this year, but just – long-term I I think uh, it's really kind of scary the health the health path he's been on Mm. Uh, the fact that he's probably going to open the air on the shelf is not good and I think that myself included I think people maybe overstated his upside back when he was a pitching prospect just because of how excellent his numbers were in those like mid-levels of the minors you know, when when I watch him pitch, I see kind of a number four starter. Honestly, I, I I don't see that type of upside that would kind of correlate with his draft slot and all the hype that you know he, he generated a couple of years ago. So I I just don't see the ceiling to gamble on him given the health concerns. And then McClanahan, I I would kind of put into that crochet bin of like I'm not drafting him, but I I wouldn't be surprised if Like in June or July, I'm picking him up off waivers and utilizing him as a guy to help my ratios and help my strikeouts. Uh, Not sure what type of role he will fill for Tampa Bay this year. I think it's going to be some sort of a multi-inning role, but I don't think it's going to be a traditional starter role. And I have those same concerns with Patino as well. But I think the ceiling, the immediate ceiling is maybe a bit higher with Patino, like you know, he could maybe show up to camp and look like their third best starting pitcher. Like, I mean, they've got a quantity over quality approach right now on that depth chart uh, Mm -hmm. behind Tyler Glass now. So, I mean, Patino is talented enough where I think he could maybe force the issue. um, McClanahan has nasty stuff as well, but I just think Tampa Bay is going to try to utilize him in more of like a two or three inning role.
3: Yeah, and that's kind of like the the approach they've gone with for the most part with their most of the rotation outside of Glass now. But you made a good point. Like, their rotation right now, you know, I'm looking on Ross Resource, they have Glass now is the one, obviously. And then every arm outside of Glass now, I think, is they're not like 100% locks, right? Like, Yarbrough looks pretty solid. So he's probably getting there for the most part. But he's got Rich Hill. You know, he's old. He can never stay healthy. He's 41 now. So obviously, he's not a lock to make 30 starts. I would actually bet against that with every dollar I had. And then you got Chris Archer, who's been mostly terrible for, since he um, was traded years ago, and then Michael Walker, I and mean, we don't know. Like that's at least three fifths of that rotation is very, very risky. Even Glass now, like, he's no like lock to make thirty starts. We've seen that he's never actually made that many starts in his career. So um, I'm definitely with you there. I, I love Patino long term. I think he's gonna be a very good arm. But in this year, like I'm, I'm avoiding Glass now too. That's a different story for another day. But just with how Tampa Bay handles these pitchers, I think they could give you. Yeah, I think you're you're right, James. Two to three innings out of Patino a couple times a week, and maybe the same thing with McClanahan. We'll see. But and, uh, I know I could get them late in drafting holds, but for the most part, I'm avoiding. Chris, are you doing the same, or are either one of those three you like more than the
1: others? Yeah, and that's just my fear is that they don't the way they utilize the pitchers. I mean, who is a lock to go over a hundred innings? Maybe Glass and Yarborough? Other than that, I don't. Maybe yeah they just going to mix and match and do three inning type stuff. And that that's my fear is that they don't really have hardly any value here. I do like Yarborough and we know glass now, I'm kind of a mixed bag on, but I don't see any of these young guys jumping in and just saying like, they're going to have a significant impact. I mean, McKay, we mentioned is going to start on the, the IL most likely. So his value is going to be limited. They're going to be slow bringing him back. Patino, he could even get some reps in the minor leagues to start the year. So I think, Unless it's like a deep, like we mentioned, draft and hold format, I wouldn't be taking him. He's a guy that you could potentially scoop off the wire in other formats. But for now, I know the price is pretty cheap, but I'm not taking a roster spot for Patino right now.
3: Yeah, same here. That's a good spot to take a break. We'll come back on the other side and talk a lot more intriguing arms. So stay with us.
0: Some folks don't stop searching till they find the truth.
3: All right. Welcome back from the break. We're talking with James Anderson of Rhoda wire talking pitching prospects to target or not target for 2021 redraft leagues. Let's keep this episode going right now. Let's talk some struggling 2020 rookies. Like We talked about Anderson and Sixto to start, the two that came up and looked really good, and their ADPs have reflected that so far in 2021 drafts. But there were a lot of intriguing rookies last year that didn't fare so well. And these are the ones I'm really targeting personally. I wrote an article about this about three, four weeks ago where, you know, I'm looking at four in particular here with Casey Mize, Tariq Skubal, Spencer Howard, and Nate Pearson, all that are going a good 150 plus picks after Anderson and Sixto. But going into 2020, these are guys where I think a lot of, you know, as prospect rankers, we're ranking these guys in that same vicinity, as Sixto and Anderson, and maybe even higher. Obviously, now the other two have kind of jumped ahead due to their performance, but the upside, I think, with these four is very intriguing, and I wouldn't be surprised, personally, if any one of these four pitched just as well as Anderson or Sixto this year. Especially, Nate Pearson's my dude. I've loved Pearson for a while. I think Howard, you know, he has, Howard has to beat up Matt Moore, but is that really that hard? Like Matt Moore hasn't been good and healthy since I think 2016, when he had like a force up an era so pearson and howard are two i'm personally targeting a lot this year late in drafts same with mys and scooball but they don't really have the rotation spot to start the year detroit keeps bringing in these kind of crap arms i don't know why like why well, i don't know why they're bringing in julio Teheran, you know jose arena those types of guys to block these this enticing duo and plus matt manning as well uh, james out of these four arms is there anyone that stands out for you this year
2: Yeah, you know, I I don't think, I don't think you can look at their ADPs and say that any of them are bad picks where they're going. Uh, I, you know, Spencer Howard is probably the guy for me when you factor in where he's going. And, uh, you know, last year I'd heard kind of that there was some stuff that just wasn't quite right in terms of, Uh, like off the field, plus maybe just wasn't in like the best shape he could have possibly been in last year. And honestly, he just looked like a completely different pitcher to me last year than he did in the AFL back in uh, 2019. And I think there's a chance we could see that guy again. Like I think that last year may have just been kind of a funky, bad circumstances situation for him. And if we see that guy that that uh, was just absolutely electric um, back in 2019, if, if he shows up this spring, I mean, he could be their third or fourth best starter. And that's, that's a rotation as you alluded to that really doesn't have much depth at all. They are trying to win now. So if he is one of their best starters, he will be in the rotation. The Tigers situation is extremely frustrating. I mean, it, it's, More frustrating probably for Tigers fans than for us, (laughs) but like, you know, just why the heck are you doing anything to get in these guys' way? Um, It doesn't make any sense to me. I also question their pitching development staff. Like, I I think, like, I think if if you drop Casey Mize like into the Cleveland organization, they would turn him into an absolute beast by adjusting his pitch usage. And I don't necessarily have the faith in Cleveland or in uh, Detroit to kind of figure that part out. Um, You know, Pearson, I think that's a, that's a nice kind of a high variance pick where he's going. Um, Some, some injury concerns there for me as well, but, you know, he, he's definitely, if, if he's healthy and he's right, he's going to be in that rotation for sure. So uh, I don't think any of these guys are bad picks. If I had to take one, I would I would take Spencer Howard, but I, I, I have some minor concerns with all four.
3: Yeah, I'm the same. I'd definitely pick, at their ADPs, Howard is. I, I still believe in that pitch mix, you know, you know the, the fastball, the slider, the changeup, all look very good in the minors when I saw him. And out in the AFL, like you mentioned, James, and get a really solid command and control profile as well. So I think there's a lot of, upside to be had for 2021. I think mean, he's probably the safest of the four. And yet Detroit, I don't know what they're doing. I, you know, I can go rant on about this for a whole episode, but with Detroit and the same thing with a Colorado, who I've rented about many times, Detroit is probably not going to be contending this year, right? They're probably one of the, actually probably the one of the worst teams in baseball, probably more closer to hundred losses than they are to 90 wins. But so, and especially with Mize and Scooball, who already got major league innings this year, I don't know what the difference is between giving them innings at AAA as opposed to the majors where you still want to give them innings. And I'd rather see them in the majors, you know, experiencing their lumps. Right. And getting through those ups and downs of the rookie season where, you know, in AAA, I don't think either one of them had anything left to prove in the minors. And same thing you can say about Matt Manning. But, yeah, that's very frustrating. Um, Chris, over to you. Who out of these four are you most excited
1: about for 2021? It, probably either Howard or Pearson, just based on the fact of the potential to be in the rotation. I mean, you look at the Tigers rotation, and we've said it. There's, you know, We don't know what they're doing. There's not really a spot right now. Pearson might have the safest lock in the rotation because they really need him, and it, it, they don't really have anybody else. I mean, Tanner Roark and Steven Matz are their four and five. I mean, roster resource has Pearson as the three. The slight concern with him is that they're going to be playing their home games in a park where I think that might be like a hitter haven, which could definitely affect Pearson. But I do think, like y'all both said, it's kind of a high variance. It could go a lot of ways. i was I've been a big fan of Howard for a while. obviously still am. And while right now he's kind of on the outside looking in, he could easily jump in and earn that spot. You know if he comes in in spring training and is looking sharp, there's there's no reason that he shouldn't take that fourth or fifth spot from. Velasquez or, or Matt Moore I mean he's he's a better pitcher than both of those guys probably can be better than Zach Eflin this year as well so he he should gain the spot I'm guessing but a lot will depend on how he looks in the spring so of, of either of them I'm just I mean like I love Mize and Scooble as well but it's just the fact of are they going to get the reps they need and, and we don't know that and so right now I'd say it'd either be Howard or Pearson of those four that that I am targeting for redraft and and Chris, long term, rank the three Detroit arms. People are going
3: to ask us this in the comments on on the when we post this episode. You know, Manning, Mize, Scooball, How do you rank those three long term? I think that way, Manning, Mize, Scooball. Yeah, James, how about you? Yep, same. Okay, I, I love Manning. I think we see him mid season, probably June, July. When we see him. But yeah, I love Matt Manning. I saw him back-to-back with Mize back in 2019. And both pitched very well, but Matt Manning, impressing even more. Love that curveball, fastball, changeups looks better. So need some work there. But uh, definitely I love Manning there. Uh, let's get into some midseason fab guys. There's, there's a lot of intriguing guys that could be at midseason. Just name a few. Logan Gilbert, Forrest Whitley, Clark Schmidt, Daniel Lynch, those types of guys. James, are there any you know, when you look over your pitching prospect list here, or um, in general, who are some names? I mean, you make one or two names that you're really excited about that could be up midseason.
2: Well, I think Logan Gilbert is probably going to be up before midseason. I think he's mm. he's probably going to be up in like late April uh, from kind of everything I'm hearing, just sort of reading the tea leaves. I think they're going to get that extra year of control and and he'll be in there. Uh, so I, I don't even hate the idea of, of snagging Gilbert and stashed him on your bench for, for a few weeks. Uh, that's the only one of these guys that I would probably say that about. I think the rest are definitely guys you, you want to fab. Uh, I, I like Clark Schmidt a, a lot. I, you know, I think I, I probably would fab him in season. I mean, I, I, uh, I kind of feel like Leonardo DiCaprio at the end of the Titanic with, uh, Forrest Whitley, where (laughs) I like, I'm just gonna, I'm just going to go down, I think with the, with the ship here. Um, but I, I love, I love Whitley when he's on. I mean, I don't know what's going on with him even right now. Like he's some, for some reason absent from camp mysteriously. Um, you know, he he's just a, a, such a high variance guy for this year. I mean, he could be up He could throw like 80, 90 awesome innings in the majors this season. He could just not throw a single inning in the majors. Like I have no idea. So I, I'm going to kind of wait and see with him. Uh, you know, Lynch and Jackson Cower are interesting, uh, with the Royals. I think both those guys will be up at some point fairly, fairly early on if they're looking good in the high minors. Um, yeah, I mean the, those are the ones that kind of stand out to me. I mean, Gilbert to me is someone you can you can draft in a 15 team league with one of your last few picks and I think he will be up within the first few weeks.
3: Yeah, I love Gilbert, you know, one of the the big 3 in that system for pitching prospects, who I all love along with Hancock and George Kirby. Do, do you think we see Kirby at all this year or do you have him more as a 2022 ETA?
2: He's a really tough one. Uh, <sighs> I think prob I think like in their minds it's probably twenty twenty two and we'll just sort of see like I, he's the type of guy that could just force the issue like I wouldn't be surprised if come July he's just got nothing left to really prove in the minors or something like that. i mean he's he's super advanced as you know uh, from a from a strike throwing standpoint and stuff standpoint. I actually like Kirby the most of those three long term, um but I'm not drafting him in a draft and hold. I think it, the smart money's on him not being up till 2022.
3: Yeah, I think I'm the same way. Chris, who are some names you really like that could be up midseason?
1: Yeah, with that tidbit about Gilbert, that makes him much more intriguing. I would, I was guessing more of like a June, July. So if we get him that soon, then, man, that that definitely makes him pretty intriguing. I want to believe in Whitley so bad. I mean, the talent's <laughs> there. We, we want him to succeed because he can be an extremely talented pitcher. You know, he's got – an incredible arsenal of pitches, but man, are we, are we ever going to see it all come to fruition? I don't really know. And that's, I think that's the biggest concern with him is like, he's more than capable of coming in and taking the rotation spot, but, but will he? we just don't know. And that's my concern. Uh, Clark Schmidt's kind of an intriguing one. I don't think he begins the year in the rotation, but I think that he could potentially earn that spot and, and see a call up probably early on, even like, probably like, like you mentioned, late April, May, so he's one that I'm kind of looking at. It's intriguing. Lynch is definitely a guy that I'm a big fan of, and I think that he gets the call pretty soon as well. Maybe, probably before midseason because he's he's advanced and he's more than ready. And they even said he was ready to go last year at any point. So it wouldn't be surprising to see him jump up. So yeah, those are those are several guys that I'm intrigued by for for midseason call ups at least.
3: Yeah. I'm still on the Whitley bandwagon as well. Even on PitchCon on Saturday, you know, when Joe Pizapia posted the question, like, "Hey, what is the you know prospect you would buy low on right now?" and I went immediately to Forrest Whitley because he still has one of the top three ceilings for pitching prospects. You know, along with Gore and Sixto, I think he could be still the best pitching prospect in baseball. You know, just in terms of upside and ceiling with the arsenal that he has, and it's kind of weird how. Houston's hit on a lot of pitching prospects lately that we didn't think were going to be as good as they have shown to be, like Frambro Valdez, uh, Chris Javier is another one they've done a pretty good job with. Then Whitley, it's just kind of gone the other way, where you know everything they've tried with Whitley has just not gone well, which sucks because we've seen you know, he was the dude like before Gore came and emerged and Sixto and other names like that. Like, he was the dude. He was the unquestioned number one pitching project in baseball for a couple of years, like 2017, 18, 19 or so. So it kind of, I'm, I'm still on that bandwagon because with that upside, it's kind of hard not to be um, for 2021 midseason guys out of the guys we've already mentioned. I think we could see Edward Cabrera down in Miami. I think he could get a shot. I, I agree with, you know, what you said with the Kansas city guys, James, so they, they've shown that they're not afraid to be aggressive and promote these guys. Like they, they did last year with Bubic. And uh, Brady Singer, so I could think we could see both those other arms this year as well. You know, maybe I don't know if we see Josiah Gray. I think we see him at some point, but he's just so buried on that depth chart, like he's at best eighth. They still got to try to find a spot for Dustin May and Tony Gonzalez. So I don't know what we see out of Gray this year. Um, a couple other names, maybe we see like a Corbin Martin or because out Arizona, but they're both very risky. I want to, I want to say we see Honeywell, but we just don't know. <laughs> he hasn't pitched in three years at this point, so who knows what, that, what what we see with him. Maybe we see Nick Lodolo late. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, I think it's definitely a possibility. And Obviously, Matt Manning's a great name who I'll be targeting midseason as well. Um, hopefully, he doesn't get blocked by Detroit, so he should be up midseason. I really love Manning long-term as well. Uh, let's go, before we end the show here, let's go in some deep league targets for those of you that play in deeper leagues, looking for some names here. You know, James, who are some deep league pitchers you're targeting? Like I, I wrote down a few here, like I like think Tanner Hauck if he gets a spot, maybe you know, D B Garcia, Adbert Alzale, you know, maybe AJ Puck. Any any names that, you know, in your deeper leagues that you've been finding yourself drafting a lot in later rounds and stashing for this year?
2: Yeah, the the two when you factor in ADP, uh, the two mm-hmm. that I keep coming back to are Tanner Hauck, who you mentioned. And Trevor Rogers with the Marlins. Uh, I mean, I think Rogers is is kind of locked into that rotation, and and I mean they they know how to teach changeups down there, and he's got a he's got a plus changeup. I think the walk rate might have even been higher than than we'll get accustomed to with him in his debut last year. Uh, I mean, he missed a lot of bats. I, I, I think that he's possibly in for a, a surprise year and. With how yeah, like you said, it's is he in the rotation? Is he not in the rotation? I mean, that slider is that's a, at least a sixty grade pitch, that's and lethal, yeah, um, he like I don't know if the splitter is going to develop into uh, that that third pitch that, that maybe he needs, but we've seen some guys have more success than we used to be accustomed to with kind of relying on two pitches. Um, I believe he throws a, two different fastballs as well. Um, and so I, I think Houck's at least worth like a dice roll late. You kind of see if he's – is he in the rotation? Is he even close to the pitcher we saw last year? If he's not, you can just cut him loose uh, with Rodgers. You know, I mean, I think I, I end up with him a lot of places because there's not really any buzz at all there. And I, I like the the fact that he's kind of locked in that rotation already.
3: Yeah, for sure. With, with Houck, yeah. He's probably not in the rotation start of the year from the looks of it. After the two recent signings that the Red Sox did when they went out and signed Martín Perez and then uh, got Garrett Richards, but nobody in this rotation right now is safe, in my opinion. Like well, Martín Perez is probably the safest at, and he but he's not that good, but he's not really a risky arm in terms of like staying on the field. But we got Nick Pavetta, Garrett Richards, Eduardo Rodriguez is risky as well. Iovaldi's you know always. And one pitch away from being on the IL. So I like Tanner Houck as, as a late round dice roll as well. I like AJ Puck too, just because of the, you know, the strikeout upside and the fact that he might get a, maybe gets a rotation spot when we'll see how the, the COVID thing goes with Frankie Montas, but he could get a spot this year as well. With that strikeout upside, I like him. Uh, Chris, any any names you're targeting
1: late in your drafts? Yeah, Rogers is a good one. He's, I mean, excellent command. He's fastballs excellent, gets up to 97. He just pounds the strikes on. He's got a spot, which is obviously a big deal when you're looking at players that late. And then Albert Azalea is actually kind of interesting to me. Uh, He started using that slider more this past year, and Mm. that was a downright filthy pitch. He had near 40% whiff rate on it. And so he also added the sinker in and that was overall a decent pitch too which you know not going to get a lot of strikeouts with a sinker obviously but you know it was a good pitch to get some ground outs and and it was a good play off of his four seam and his slider which was encouraging too so seeing that little change in pitch mix will be interesting to see you know how the results look this year but he's kind of interesting late so Rogers Alzaier are, are both kind of interesting to me Halk, you know I was definitely in on him early in the season in draft season but is if they've added these arms, you know, it's kind of frustrating and feels like he's probably out of a job at least for now. But I do think that he could be very solid as well. So, now those are the couple guys I've been been snagging late in in deeper you know, drafts.
2: One one thing I'll add about how like and and I've kind of been saying this for like every team, but I think we should kind of assume that somebody in most of these rotations is going to get hurt during spring training. And yep. you look at that Red Sox depth chart, like <laughs> Eovaldi, Richards, like those guys love getting hurt. So um, I, I think you, if a guy's the six starter, like the clear six guy, and you look at above the, them on the depth chart and some of the guys have injury track records, like there's going to be a ton of pitcher injuries this spring. So um, the, you might be able to find a way in there.
3: Absolutely. That's a great point. And Halk is the unquestioned number six guy, in my opinion, for the Red Sox. And like we, we both mentioned, there's a lot of risk ahead of him on that depth chart. And yeah, especially this year, there's always a lot of pitching injuries every spring training, right? But this year, I think especially coming this will be like the, the first full year back after the weird shortened COVID year where everyone's kind of workloads and, and routines were kind of messed up, with it being the shortened season and you know, the starting and stopping and starting again with summer camp. So yeah, I think there's definitely going to be a lot more injuries this year for pitchers and, and in general and in spring training. And then we never know with COVID, you know, that could always pop up at any second. But that's a great point, James. Uh, I think this could wrap us up, though, and another great episode. But before we get out of here, James, anything you want to plug going on? Uh, you got going on over at Yeah.
2: Just uh, kind of released uh, my dynasty rankings update. I took those over from Ian Khan. Uh, that those went up uh, last week, and I had a big article about them this week. And obviously, keep the top four hundred prospect rankings updated year round. Uh, coming this this next week here, I'll be starting kind of divisional breakdowns, um, going across every all thirty teams. So. Uh, just check it out. I'll, uh, I'll post everything on Twitter at Real JR Anderson. Um, but yeah, really appreciate you guys having me on.
3: Yeah, thanks for coming on. Like I said, you're one of my favorite you know people to talk prospects with in this industry, and have massive respect for the work you do and everyone over at RotoWire. Now, if you don't have a RotoWire subscription, I'd highly encourage you to go get one. I have one. I have for forever. Uh, it's definitely worth it just to see James' stuff and, and Ian Khan as well. It's what a great great people over at RotoWire. So have you go check out James's top 400 and the dynasty rankings, everything on over there. And I read the, the, your divisional, you when know, you go through every team. That's those are great as well. Definitely. recommend checking those out when James pumps them out and that'll be it for this week. Hope you, everyone listening, enjoyed it. Thanks for tuning in again. And we'll be back with you again next week for some more prospect talk. But until then, take care.
2: Montgomery County, Maryland is where businesses go to be next. Home to a highly skilled, diverse workforce, a thriving business community, competitive incentives, and more. MoCo will help transform your business. Visit bnext.thinkmoCo.com to see how we can help you be next. Spring training is right around the corner. So come for the games and have a ball in Arizona. With world class resorts, Unbeatable dining and nightlife, amazing scenery, and endless outdoor adventure. Make your visit unforgettable. Plan
3: your getaway at MySpringTraining.com.